Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. I love my new intro. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast, the podcast that focuses almost exclusively on Atlanta United and Major League Soccer. I'm your host, Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. If you are not a subscriber, please go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. 99 cents, that's less than coffee, man. That's like a cheeseburger. 99 cents for all your coverage of the Falcons, the Hawks, the Braves, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia State, the Masters, anything that's going on in the city of Atlanta, we cover. So please, that's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. In today's episode of Southern Fried Soccer, we're going to cover uh, Sunday's Friendly in Athens. We're going to cover the comings and goings uh, with the Atlanta United roster, uh, of which there are several impactful ones that have completed and are on the verge of being completed. And we'll talk a little bit about the uh, two-week, well, almost two weeks that the team is going to spend in Mexico, uh, during which it will play three friendlies, and then it's going to come back and wrap up its friendly schedule at Birmingham, which is kind of becoming a tradition for the Five Stripes before they open up the MLS schedule on February 27th against Sporting Kansas City at a wide-open Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right, so on Sunday in Athens at the beautiful Turner Soccer Complex, if you haven't been, uh, I I don't know why you would go uh, other than to watch the women's soccer team for UGA, but it is a fantastic little complex, a great pitch. It's uh, just off the loop there. Uh, It took me about two hours to get there from Carrollton, so it's a pretty easy drive. Uh, Atlanta United defeated the Georgia Revolution, a semi-pro side based out of McDonough, 4-0. So they are now 2-0 in this preseason. They beat the uh, Georgia Storm, another semi-pro side, on Tuesday, beat the Revolution 4-0 on Sunday. Uh, Goals were scored by Tyler Wolfe in the third minute. This is the second consecutive friendly in which Atlanta United has jumped on the opponent pretty quickly, followed by Luis Araujo uh, with a really nice goal. Then George Campbell picked off a pass near midfield, Dribbled up, passed it to Araujo. He took a shot. The ball came back to Campbell. He took a shot. Goal three to nothing. This was all in the first um, forty-five minute half, and then the they were that team was replaced by a second team that's full of of draft picks, uh, academy players, and a couple of first teamers. Uh, they scored one goal. That was uh, Bloyu, a draft pick from some 
place in Pennsylvania. I don't want to give Mike Conti the pleasure. Uh, but he had a nice header. Uh, Eric Centineau looks sharp again. Um, I think he's going to be a really good addition for Atlanta United 2. That's where I think he's going to end up playing this year. Uh, Tyler Wolf I thought looked really, really sharp again. Luis Araujo looked really, really sharp again. The defense wasn't really tested. Atlanta United really tried to work on pressure, the intensity of the pressure, and disrupting the opponent when it had the ball in its end of the field instead of letting them string together one or two passes. And Atlanta United did that fairly well. Um, it was a really one-sided game statistically. I don't want to bore you with all that. But Atlanta United looked okay. Um, you're starting to get a sense of what Pineda wants to see. There was a lot of interchange of positions. There was a lot of movement within triangles. Aiden McFadden, Arahujo, um, and um, George Campbell on one side, or the striker, Jackson Conway, when they were moved higher up the field. You had the same thing going on on the other side with Andrew Gutman, who also looked sharp. Um, Franco Albara, who was in central midfield, they were kind of interchanged sometimes. Um, it was fun to watch. There was a lot of movement. It wasn't nearly as static as you would see last season and the season before when a player would get the ball and nobody would move. Uh, and some of that would have to do with you know who was on the field because a lot of times people would just get the ball and start dribbling and players wouldn't you know, eventually just would stop running because they knew I'm not getting the ball. Uh, that was not happening uh, on Sunday. So that was a good thing. Now, uh, here is uh, Gonzalo Pineda talking about how the team performed. Yes, I mean, we, we are not looking a lot at the, at the score lines. I mean, obviously, it's good to win. It's good to score many goals. It's good the players have fun in the attacking third. But I'm more focused on the behaviors, the tactical adjustments that we've been working on, uh, the patience on the ball, but at the same time, picking on uh, the patience on the ball, but at the same time, picking on the flanks, uh, our primacy zones. And uh, I feel like uh, the performance was okay. We, we are progressing and heading in the right direction. And he mentioned tactics. Here is Pineda talking about the tactics and what they were trying to accomplish uh, in Athens. Well, we wanted to to see the intensity in the pressing. I think that was one of the key aspects that we've been working in the last few weeks. It's about the intensity, uh, pressing high, don't letting the opposition to have a lot of time with the ball. So we try to steal the ball as soon as possible, just to start our possession at positional attack, and then try to see if we can create chances as soon as possible. From a player's perspective. Uh, Brad Guzan talked about the most important thing they were trying to work on. And I want to include this because the manager can tell the players one thing. The managers can hear something or the players can hear something different, kind of like the telephone game. So I wanted to see if kind of the message was being uh, heard and, and executed. So here's Brad talking about that. You know, when, when the ball turns over, when, when we do lose the ball, um, you know, being able to, to, to win it back and, and, you know, continue our press, continue our attack. And I think those are those are important moments in, in games. Uh, instead of having to track back 60, 70 yards, um, being able to, to win the ball higher up the pitch, you, you put yourself in a, in a scoring opportunity within, within one or two passes. Um, so I thought that part was good. So it seems like the players are listening, the players are executing, and that is, in my opinion, a bit of a change for some of the players, but some of it may do with the construction of the roster right now. The team was missing many, many starters. Uh, Brooks Lennon has an ankle injury he picked up while with the U.S. men's national team. Miles Robinson was with the U.S. men's national team. Joseph Martinez, Ronald Hernandez are with the Venezuelan national team. 
Caleb Wiley is with the U.S. Under 20s. Machop Chol is with uh, South Sudan. Um, Emerson Hyman, Santiago Sosa are recovering from injuries. Jake Mulraney is still working on his green card. Jurgen Dom is working on a loan. And then that brings us to Ezekiel Barco and George Bello. Now, Sunday night, Atlanta United finally confirmed what had been reported oh, for more than a week and what had already been confirmed by River Plate that Ezekiel Barco, enigmatic playmaker for Atlanta United, was going on loan to the uh, Argentinian Powers uh, back in Buenos Aires, uh, where he's from. It's a loan for one year. Atlanta United made sure to include in its release that they retain his rights past the 2022 season. Uh, Barco will not come back uh, during the, the 2022 MLS season, so don't think that's going to happen. Barco's time in Atlanta United, I wrote a column about it last week. Um, it was, I think you would have to say it was disappointing. Um, he joined as an 18-year-old before the 2018 season, kind of a young starlet in South America. There were clubs in Europe uh, reportedly interested in him. Atlanta United won the bidding uh, with like a, a transaction of reported like $13.7 million, which at the time was the biggest spend in Major League Soccer history on a player. Barco came in, and I think the biggest problem that the six managers who have managed him could not solve is where to play him. He he likes to dribble a lot. His passing is good when he makes the right decision, but too often his decisions were inconsistent. He was okay one-on-one. River Plate's manager said he thinks that his one-on-one ability is going to help River Plate, but a lot of times it was one-on-ones and he would end up getting fouled. Um, I don't know how the referees are in Argentina compared to Major League Soccer, but we'll see. Um, he didn't score as many goals as anyone thought, didn't get as many assists as anybody thought. Hector Viaba, the player who Atlanta United bought down to bring in Barco, actually outperformed Barco uh, in the same sample size of games. Uh, you could argue Atlanta United would have just been better off keeping Viaba and never buying Barco. But that's hindsight, and you can't really do that at this point. But I know that because he is going now out on loan and Atlanta United was not able to sell him now, that is, uh, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow, I think, for the five stripes. Part of that is COVID has depressed the transfer market. Part of it is there weren't any suitors in Europe who made bona fide offers, and they typically drive up the price. Part of it is Barco just didn't perform in the way that everyone expected. So now River Plate holds what is reportedly a valuation of $8 million that they can purchase Barco after the loan if the two sides can come to an agreement. I think Atlanta United is hoping that Barco will go to River Plate, tear it up, they can recall him, and then they can sell him to a club in Europe and make some money. Uh, but on the on the whole, I think you've got to classify this as just a disappointing result to what was a pretty promising signing. I think Barco has talent. I think he is going to be – he is a good player – he could be a better player. I don't know if he's ever going to be a great player. And when you're in Major League Soccer and you're spending money on DPs, they have to become great players. Um, the other piece of news that should be finalized today, you've got to think, is George Bello to a club in Germany, Armenia Bielfeld. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, I wish he could have just gone to Hertha Berlin because I can pronounce that, a Borussia Dortmund. Uh, that's just a little joke on, on my part. Um 
I'm very happy for Bello. He, he just turned 20 recently. He's a left-sided fullback, a very aggressive fullback. He is raw, um, but he is coachable. He's very fast. He, he can cover ground very well defensively. He's very aggressive offensively. He likes to make that underlap. Um, his crossing needs some work, but he can work on that. He's got the, he's got the ability. He's got the intelligence. He's got the desire. I think he's going to become a fantastic player. Um, Atlanta United reportedly holds 25% of the sell-on value of Bello. Uh, Darren Neal's credited uh, Bello's agent with coming up with an agreement that worked well for all parties, which is something that he had talked about wanting a couple of weeks ago. So that's a good thing. So Bello is, is I think, in Germany right now. He's probably going to come back to get his stuff. And then we should see him starting as soon as, uh, well, whenever they decide. Um, and Lord, I would love to go to Germany and write a big feature about his impact and what he's learning in German soccer. So Chris Vivlemore, if you're listening, send me to Germany, baby. Um, so now let's turn to, there's a couple of other pieces of news. The Eric Lopez loan to Banfield still has not been finalized. I have no idea if somebody's fax machine broke or a pen ran out of ink or something, but he's been down there for like two weeks. I think he's actually played for Banfield. Uh, so it's just a weird situation. And Jurgen Dom is going to be either loaned or just let go to a club in Mexico. Don't know which, don't know which club he wants to play. He still believes he can get into the Mexican national team. Very nice guy. It just did not work out. You cannot blame him for his salary. Uh, anybody would have taken that salary with Atlanta United. Um, you can't, you know, he's played for three different managers and three different systems. He's a very specific player in a very specific position, and that position just wasn't a part of any of the manager's plans. It could be a part of the plans now, except he's got Luis Arujo in front of him, and he's not going to beat him for playing time. So that's just how it goes. So now Atlanta United will travel to Guadalajara, Mexico tomorrow. Never been, would love to go, but I'm not going on this trip, which makes me sad. Um, Pineda talked about a few things that he wants to see. I've posted a story. Again, you can find it at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now uh, that went up this morning about their expectations for Mexico. But here are Pineda and Guzan talking about what they want to do during this two-week trip to Guadalajara. Well, number one is the cohesion of the team, of the field. I think that's very important. The fitness levels are going to increase. The fitness loads are going to increase heavily in Mexico. So I think that's going to be a very good foundation for our fitness the rest of the year. And also the attacking movements. We're going to work a lot in Mexico on how to unbalance the position, how to play out from the back, how to disrupt the midfield, and how to attack in the final third. As every day comes with every training session, there will be more that's being asked of us um, from the coaching staff, and, and it's our job to, to try and pick that up as quick as possible and, and then implement that in games. And obviously we've got some, some friendlies lined up down there, and there will be opportunities, like I said, to, to get better day in and day out. So the friendlies that um, Atlanta United are going to participate in, there's three of them. Um, the dates are, I want you to know just in case you don't follow, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce these teams, and I'm sorry. Shalaya or Shalaya on February 6th. Liga Emeki's Power Shivas on February 13th. And then there's also another scrimmage that day against uh, Tepatilan on February 13th. The games will be streamed on atlutd.com slash live. Uh, Y'all seem to really like yesterday's stream. It glitched out apparently in the opening minutes, so you missed a goal. 
But Atlanta United did this without a truck. They're, they're trying some new technology that seems to be working really well. The quality of the stream I heard was really, really good. Uh, I'm going to be watching it the same as y'all on these friendlies. Um, I don't know why they scheduled a, two friendlies on Super Bowl Sunday, but hey, what are you going to do? So anyway, that is going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. Um, we'll continue to have more as news breaks. I want to thank y'all again for subscribing. Please click subscribe and share with your friends. And again, if you are not a subscriber of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, please go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. And your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. And that's to the entire paper. And there's a lot of stuff going on in Atlanta right now. If you haven't been paying attention or you don't really follow local news, you should because we cover it better than anyone in the state. Um, and that's in addition to our fantastic sports coverage. We started a new kind of e-magazine for sports on Sunday that I think is is really eye-catching, uh, really interesting. It goes uh, into some in-depth stuff across a broad range of sports. So uh, I hope you'll check that out if you become a subscriber. And if you're already a subscriber, let us know how you're liking that new sports magazine. Um, it was It's a nice surprise. It's kind of a nice thing to to read on a Sunday morning with a cup of coffee while you got some Premier League soccer on or, or whatever floats your boat on a Sunday morning. All right. Again, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution wrapping up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.